This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven. Robbery homicides take you. Give me all you got! Listen. Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. crime opus, Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and uh, in the run-up to the end of this show, there's, you know, there were really kind of two or three really amazing film critics who are alive and working today that I had the aspiration to speak to as part of this show. And uh, if you guys are watching my most wanted list in, in my mind, you're seeing the incredible Manola Dargis from the New York Times. You're seeing the absolutely insightful and sage of Matt Zolazites. And you're also seeing this man who I'm very fortunate enough to talk to today in the run-up at the end, the climax of this incredible film. Uh, he is one of the most... Uh, ravenously devourable film minds I think I've ever found. I was like a whole bunch of people in the world who wasn't familiar with him that much until uh, his sort of Batman versus Superman review took the entire globe by storm. And since then, I think I've read every single review he's written and gone back uh, through the incredible archives of FilmFreakCentral.net to check out his stuff. This man is the incredible Walter Chaw. Walter, thank you so much for being a part of One Heat Minute. I am so honored to, to be here. I, I can't possibly live up to that introduction, but um, <laughs> thank you for having me for the last uh, la- last several heartbreaking moments of this uh, of this Michael Mann masterpiece. Oh, look, I'm so thrilled to be able to talk to you guys about it. I'm not going to make you wait a second more before we dive into it. So Walter and I are very quickly going to watch this minute right now, and then we're going to dive into it and talk about it. Isn't it just so fascinating watching these two shadows chase each other in this final, one of these final minutes, Walter? I'm just giddy with uh, with joy and also uh, nervousness as we head to the climax right now. Well, I, you know, I love that you use the phrase shadow because I think that's exactly where this movie is the best is when it deals with all of these shadow plays, you know, in the union sense where you, you, you feel like this is the suppressed part of the, the other's personality and all the dialogue that Pacino has with his wife, you know, talking about how, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not anything in, except for what I chase. Uh, you know, he is defined completely by the other object. And it's in fact, I, I'm not sure you're supposed to spoil other minutes, but it's in fact, uh, the, uh, shadow of De Niro's character that gives him away 
uh, you know, so, so, so that Pacino can triumph at the end. But so it's like, you know, it, it's it, it's at its best, I think, this movie when it deals with those sort of large masculine symbols of, 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 you know, male friendship and male interaction and, and males being bonded to each other by violence and by, by, by uh, whatever it is that men are bonded to each other with. <clears throat> the, the benefit of this show is that we have a discipline of the minute, but I think just like Neil McCauley and, and all the other uh, members of his crew, we repeatedly break our discipline <laughs> to spoil other minutes. So that's completely okay. Look, uh, you know, uh, I think, um, for for me, you know, hearing you talk about this as a masterpiece, like it, th- these these symbols, um, this sort of masculine bonding, it's been a preoccupation of Michael Mann's for his entire career, really. What do you think, you know, knowing that you're a cinephile, like what do you think it is about Heat that really helps sort of synthesize this message in... I guess it's most sort of powerful way because I feel like it is it's sort of essayed through some of his films and there are crescendos there are peaks and troughs in 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 where it just for me or, or for, you know subjectively we can say it completely works but what what do you think about him as a filmmaker and 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 his sort of oeuvre well you know I I really have a, have an odd relationship with Michael Mann I I feel like I I I really like what he does with violence. I, I love how he expresses violence and action, the, the flat sort of unromantic viewpoint of that. And on, on the other side of it, I really love how he romanticizes sort of the masculine epic. And, and it's like, it, it's not a popular topic now. Men are, you know, rightfully, I think, on the cross right now for, for being terrible things. But um, there's something <laughs> really uh, lovely, I think, about how Michael Mann makes the struggles of men sort of large and operatic as they are in our own minds, I, I think. Um, my, you know, I, I have to be completely honest. Heat's not my favorite Michael Mann film. Oh, I, really? I'm not even sure. Yeah, you know, I'm not even sure, honestly, that I, I like Heat that much. I, I, I admire it. I think the, the, the craft is remarkable. I think it, you know, synthesizes a lot of things that Michael Mann does really well. It also, I think, is would have been better as a miniseries. And, you know, when it came out in 1995, I think that's not really in the cards you know the, the we were not have it developed netflix of course and hbo is just sort of starting up with, with that sort of format so heat you know it, it, it seems like it's five or six or seven different episodes yes sort of it's it's it's, it's, hours. it's the perennial conversation you know that i have with uh, had many times along this show and and one person in particular a really great aussie film critic lawrence barber um, he he talks about it to me. He's like, Blake, this is like the HBO, the great HBO show yeah. that never existed. You know, like like I would die to see some of these tangents and these crossroads be able to be fleshed out into entire episodes, especially when you think of the balls that you could have in a show like this to just completely dive down the Don Breeden rabbit hole. Like take an episode yeah. and just go, and it's all Breeden, and we don't even really know how fully fits into the arc of this eight piece story until you get him for that sort of those few moments in, in the peak of the heist, you know? And, and I think it's one of those things where you could, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, absolutely. At the time you would love to take it back, but also at the same time, in, uh, as, as we're talking about this, I'm like, God, that's a really long podcast. I'd have to do Walter. That's a really, it's <laughs> a really long podcast. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I, I think where heat suffers the most from, from the short format is that the, 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 the female characters are given, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think re- really troubling short, um, um, 
uh, uh, spaces, small spaces in which to develop. I, I feel like, you know, when you have women, you know, even having lines where they say, I had to debase myself for you to pay attention to me. I had to, you know, all of this stuff. And, yes. you know, they're, they're taking care of the children. You know, if, they, if they don't do a good job, the, the kids try to kill themselves. And, you know, they're, they're, there's this real arc within heat that's a little bit ugly where the women are just sort of these emotional uh, uh, markers their emotional expository devices for the men and you know it's a male story with a male director it's quintessentially male i get it i get it i get it and not not <laughs> not, not not everything can be captain marvel i get it, Nor should it be. <laughs> captain marvel is really terrible but you know there, there's there's this thing with heat that that, that 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 i feel like man if you only hadn't just even bothered Yes. You know, if, if, I would have loved if you'd stayed longer with just the Danny Trejo character. He's never been better in a movie than this. His last scene in this movie is unbelievably great. You know, and, and just the, the real poetry of that one minute that we're talking about where it's two men, you know, in a field and there's there's industry and there's lights and there's dark and there there's there's a good man and a bad man. And, the, and it harkens back to their scene where they talk about. Hey, we we've met face to face, and and we've you know, but that won't stop me, you know. And, and so there, <laughs> it's about jobs and and doing work and 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 professionalism. I mean, he, he's he's left the hospital to come here to do this with his wife's blessing. Another weird, you know, female moment for the film. But you know, there's this this real poetry about of the masculine that 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 Walter Hill is. I mean, Walter Hill that Michael Mann is great at, and I think he gets a lot. And of Walter Hill is great at it too. <laughs> Walter Hill, yeah, and in fact. You know, I think Walter Hill is better at it. You know, and and that it's a high bar. It's not really a competition. No. You know, but uh, the, the 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 thing with the Heat is it reminds me a lot of Walter Hill's The Driver, except hmm. the Heat's the version of it that's heavily annotated, that 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 takes great pains to footnote itself, to talk about you know the themes on the surface rather than letting them percolate in the underneath. Whereas The Driver, with a lot of the same themes. You know the cop looking for the driver, and there's the 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 player who's the woman, and you know there there the, there's a lot more balance in the driver. Whereas Heat is just this extraordinarily ambitious, at times just beautiful film. And you know the if it were just the the bank shootout, yeah, it would have a place in history. You know, uh, but uh, I I think it really undermines its own effectiveness in a way that a lot of his other movies don't. I, I mean, Last of the Mohicans right before this is extraordinarily tight. Oh, it, it is so tight. It is right? the the focus on it. I you know, I've, the one time I've talked about it is like, I don't know how we digressed on the show, but I remember talking about, you know, imagine if you know you had a William Goldman esque figure who kind of convinced Michael Mann to just make this movie either completely from De Niro's perspective or completely from Hannah's perspective. And that's like the luxury you then get with like a television series as we talked about, which is that whole, you then can hone in on that focus. You can broaden other characters. You can, you can make them a race and really make you chasing your shadow. Like literally the, the, the omnipresence of either one of them being there without seeing the other, it has like a Butch Cassidy and Sundance effect, but it's, it's different. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree that there's this sort of weird, there's this weird, uh, potential in it but i think that that's what isn't isn't that what we always adore more that ambitious failure potentially if you're if you're not quite jiving with the whole thing but that admirate the sheer scale like i love now you and i are in the 163rd minute of this thing and as we as we reach the pinnacle it's been a hundred and you know there's literally three minutes left of pre-credit time and it's just two guys standing in a field chasing each other's shadows like that's like after all the epic 
proportions and all the relationships and all the conversations and all these, uh, you know, uh, face-to-face, it's just down to this in the field. Well, that's so beautiful. It, it, it's just all it, – it's stripped of all of its fat. Yes. It's stripped of all of the bullshit. It's stripped of everything. It's just down to this very essential thing for Michael Mann. And at his very best in all of his movies, that's where I vibrate the the most with them is when – you know, that final chase sequence in Last of the Mohicans. Oh. The, you know the the uh, that is just uh, I mean can we just say I'm so glad to talk to you about this because it's like talk about a percussive scene and the score just all totally working like and and uh, you said vibrate like that's I I get chills thinking about that final scene because it is just Mm. electric every time that's another scene that's another all-timer like just the last five minutes of that movie, and especially the the Magua, you know, after he kills Uncas and he's reaching his hand out to Jodie May's character, and then she jumps. Just everything about it, every piece of action, the emotions and and the scale. It's just it's intimate and it's epic and it's just and it's literally on the edge of a cliff. Like yeah. you, you know, there's there's things that are happening in the physical and metaphorical all at the same time. Perfect Michael Mann stuff. Um, yeah, and it's it's no, it's. Beautiful. It, it, it's- it, it, it's the quintessence of, of, of this sort of masculine opera, you know, this yes. testosterone opera. We all believe ourselves to be the, the hero. And we believe ourselves to have the, the this journey that we go on and, and this enemy we vanquish and the woman that we, we save, um, you know, and, and last night he can almost acts like an outline or, or, or yes. the, the uh, you know, the, 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 the skeleton for heat yes. in, in a way. And, 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 and the heat is so ambitious and you can never, you know, I'll, I'll never, dock someone for ambition yes um, but, but but i think it is so ambitious that you know you leave you know things that are hanging that are not tantalizing so much as frustrating yes you know i think it's possible to leave things that are hanging that are very tantalizing that i want to you know like collateral i i, I want to know more about vince i want to know more about but i don't really need to it's fine yeah. i'm not frustrated by not knowing in heat it's like i want to know about john Voight's character a lot yeah you right. know i, I want to know a lot you know i would have loved to have seen um, Danny in Atreo's wife before she was raped and murdered. Yes, <laughs> except before for that. Flea, except for the dinner sequence, you get like one second with her at yeah, dinner, whatever, and that's right, it. Right. But but you're, you're right about him being it's his best performance. I mean, sorry to harken back to another minute too, but I, sure. I've, I've had to watch that minute agonizingly so, and, and 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 analyze it as part of the show many times, and I'm still staggered. Like I've gone back a few times and gone, the power in his restraint is just never elsewhere. I've just never seen it. And you watch something like Con Air that comes out a couple of years <laughs> later and you're just like, oh my God, like the, no one, and especially Con Air is more offensive to me now because like heaps of heat actors got more work, which is good. I'm happy with them getting more work, but they're all just completely misused. And I'm like, oh my God, it's such a headache. But you just can do the direct comparison, even with the wonderful Kevin Gage in this movie, plays Wayne Grove, mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't know. I don't know how Con Air is the more popular movie with these two with these guys well uh, you know it's a lot easier to like garbage i think sometimes especially if it's a you know michael bay is the antichrist he's got a deal somewhere with the, with the popular uh, opinion oh, but yeah it, it's you know to to, to to speak of our minute and to your point it's like 
um, there's a masculine iconography about Michael Mann, you know, and they use all these really irritating phrases, but I can't speak, I can't say it better that, you know, when I look at them, I, I understand the feelings that I have of grandiosity sometimes, or the feelings that I have of, of melancholy uh, sometimes he's truly, I think at his best, a, a poet of those moments. And, you know, I, 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 I love public enemies. You know, I didn't like it at first, but I've come to love it. Yeah, I love Miami yeah. vice. I've loved it from the first time I've seen it. You know, the, the, the I these think movies you and I were on the Island. We're on the Island yeah. with Miami vice. I walked out of the said, that is just stunning. And everyone was like, Oh, oh can you look at Colin Farrell's massage? I'm like, what movie did you watch? If that was the <laughs> only thing that you paid attention to, like, that was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, it, it is an extraordinary film from the opening with the uh, the light, the nightclub sequence. No, and, and you know, it's great. Yeah, and they can't hear each other, right? Whereas in Heat with nightclub sequence, you can totally hear each other. I think Michael Mann has worked out a lot of the things that, that kind of don't really work completely in Heat. He seems to have worked out subsequently. Yes. Like, you know, Miami Vice works out the action really well. The, you know, the uh, nighttime scene in, in, in Miami Vice around the shipping containers, the, mm. the shootout is more of the the bank thing it is the bank scene but more it's yes. it's even flatter it's even more violent it's even more whatever and and he's got a really strong a woman cop in in, in my miami vice you know yeah, really tough right. woman character in it. yeah 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 thank you and and you know i think public enemies works out the uh the the, the uh female aspect of it the idea of focusing in on one or the other of, of these shadow pairs that heat doesn't quite master you know i remember when heat first came out that the the, the real excitement for cinephiles was that this was the first time obviously that pacino and and de niro although they'd been in a film together of course you know godfather too but yeah. but that is the first time that they would that nice they would interact Right, that they would talk to each other, you know, and 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 you know, so everyone went. I went there opening night to see that scene. Yes, that's what I was there for. And the other stuff, you know, was fine. There was some stuff, but you know, he was still in my mind a little bit too close to Miami Vice, which was was sort of a show that I kind of grew up on. Yes, you know, and, and so when I'm watching Heat, it was really hard for me to sort of separate that from like, oh, look, he, he's he's not wearing socks, or look, he's wearing the, <laughs> the, the sports jacket. You know, the, the style of it was distracting for me. So, you know, I I, I I never looked at Heat as the kind of masterpiece from the beginning that that everyone else has. Yeah. You, you know, Heat has developed this sort of intimidating reputation in, in, in the in the interceding twenty years or so. But you know, for me, it never held that. His other films did. Yes. You know, Manhunter was always the the better Hannibal Lecter movie for me. Oh, I love such it. A, I watched it the, the uh, other day. I went on a weird run, Walter. It's funny in the lead uh, up to recording this. I watched Con Air, which I was like, oh, my God, that's so bad. And then I watched Manhunter and I was like, you know, because people have continuously asked me, am I going to – what's the next show, Blake? What's the next show? Is it going to be another Michael Mann movie? <laughs> and um, I'll just again unequivocally say it's not. I'm not doing another Michael Mann film. And that's not because I don't love his work, but I just think that that's someone else's. Like, you know, yeah. the, 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 the folks who do the Miami Vice Minute, I would love to be a guest, you know, any, <laughs> or any other Michael Mann movie for that matter. But it's not, it's not my, it's not my um, great love. Like, I've got my great love for Heat and uh, it doesn't vibrate with me like Heat does. But, right. but Manhunter is just, you know, just again from a formal craft perspective, the, 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 the touch to have that first-person perspective with that sort of ratty nighttime camera walking up the stairs as your Tom Noonan's Francis Dollarhide, and then you know, 15 to 20 minutes later, when Will Graham goes into that house and have the same 
footage or use the same film stock to to watch his ascent up those same stairs to see the fallout of the crime scene. I just think that that's such an underrated and incredibly powerful touch to just go, this guy is in the headspace of serial killers. He's got his scent back. And, 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 you know, obviously it's more overt when you finally get to that great Brian Cox, Hannibal Lecter scene. But it just there's, there's touches like that where you're like, we're talking about shadows, we're talking about those Jungian pairs, and it's like, oh, this is it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm a huge fan of Thief. I really love The Keep, even in its boulderized form. Yes. I, th- I think there's real moments of beauty and poetry in that. And they all come around to the same things, and you see them in heat. Mm. And it's really exciting to see them with a cast of people that – Oh my God! There, there's Dennis Hasper. Oh my God! There's you know there's it, it, it's really exciting to see it with everybody. You yes. know Val Kilmer in his prime and and Ashley Judd being the Ashley Juddist and you know there there's there's something <laughs> so exciting about that. But, 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 the, the, but I lo- I love the new word. Sorry, after all of the after all of the florid praise, the Ashley Juddist she's ever been is like might be my favorite thing you said so far. <laughs> it, it, it's either this movie or Eye of the Beholder. Yes, for me with. Ashley Judd, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he becomes sort of the his North by Northwest, you know, yes. for good or for bad. That that is it is it is the sort of at, at sort of a point, a midway point, if you will, you know, fairly early on. I don't know how many films in he is fifth or sixth. Yeah, um, you know, fairly early on in Michael Mann's career, here's this sort of okay. Here's a summary. Here's here's everything that I know and everything that I want to talk about, and here's the sort of everything that I've to this point, and then we're going to go to the insider, and then we're going to go to the Ali, and you know work work out some of those things later. But you know, he seems to be the last time where he's truly like trying to hit every base. You know, he's trying yes. to hit every every single you know ball that comes across. He's swinging for the fences. It's this huge big emotion movie. It's uh, and you know when it's great, it really it's truly great. And when it when it misses, he's like spun around. He's dropping the bat. He's falling in the dirt. You know, there's he's getting bloodied up a little bit. And so, you know, for me, watching again just last night, just to prepare for this, I felt like, all right, well, the good parts are still amazing, and the bad parts seem worse. Yeah, and I, I really felt, you know, like, geez, I wish that this was something shorter, uh, and that that he was more focused in on the stuff. You know, I could do without any of the women characters. Just. That's Take them all out because you, you're not good at them. It's such, an, it's such an interesting way to approach it, right? Because I think that there's been two ways. There's been two ways that we've I've talked about it on this show, and you know, I think the the thing I like about this show is that I haven't just got gushing fans on. I get to talk objectively with other great film minds to say, you know, what really drive with them. But I, I a lot of folk have. Maybe it's just the the sign of the times, Walter. Like when people talk about the, the shortcomings of the film, the the way you know we often offer to fix it is exactly what we talked about earlier, which is like, oh, let's extend. Like, let's actually give something time to breathe. But it's so funny that you're like, no, let's just let's let's make it lean. You know, let's let's see if someone can, you know, um, uh, let's see if someone can just you know tow for grace heat you know you know as i say you know just make a completely masculine cut take the female characters out see if it comes into comes in under two hours and see if it's an, an any different thing but i think that that's i think a lot of movies have tried to do that and sort of not i don't know i don't if they take the women out or they don't approach it right i think you're right with like public enemies does such a great thing the billy frechette character gets so much time and it's such mm-hmm. a you know, sort of heartbreaking and you know straight away like there's this sort of fatalistic tone to everything you know that straight away that it's going to be doomed it's like doomed from second one but she just right. can't help right. but take the ride and and you know dillinger just can't help but smile his way through it like he's just lapping right. up every second of of his demise from the opening frame of the movie to the end 
So it's that weird thing. Well, you know, I'm I, I, I'm obviously, I think, being kind of hyperbolic. I don't mean just to take take, take scissors to all the women characters, but just to say, <laughs> you know, I mean, the the extent that you do develop the women characters is just enough to be insulting, <laughs> is just to be problematic. Um, so either develop them less or develop them more. Yes, you know, what I would say, you know, and it's like, you know, I I think the Ashley Judd character maybe give her the bulk of it. I'm not really sure. I need to see, you know, the, her 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 literal shadow. You know, darker. You know, uh, um, Al, Al, Al Pacino's wife. Forgive me. What's the actress's name? She, uh, Diane, it's Diane Venora, and she's uh, playing that, Justine. Thanks. And she's and she comes up in the Insider. Actually, she plays Jeffrey Wygant's wife in the next. Movie. That's right. That's right. And she she's she's great. You know, n- nothing on her, but she's so clearly sort of the photo negative of Ashley Judd, who is the <laughs> palest human being in the film next to Val Kilmer. Right. And then you know, there's this really dark, you know, very dark looking, striking woman. Um, uh, you know, married to Al Pacino. It's like, well. I'm not sure that I need that that sort of balance. There, I, I think you're, you're you're balancing the wrong characters now. You're you're you know making a point that's sort of outside of you know sh- shouldn't the is it Amy Brenneman who plays Amy the, Brenneman? Uh, yeah, Amy? it plays Edie. Yeah. yeah, and she's remarkable, but she's so weak. Yes, um, you know she's so passive, and in her, her last action right before our, our our minute is just to look you know gape blankly at the <laughs> yeah. space where you know her boyfriend <laughs> used to be and so it's like the, you know and, and she all she actually kind of serves as the his downfall as his demise she's the marker for him to die you know so so again this woman is, is being used in a really unflattering sort of way but you know shouldn't she actually be the 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 shadow um you yeah know, or, or there, there there seems to be something that's awry here when you're you know and, and he's thrown i think by these women characters he wants you know he wants to show how these because men are valorous and doing it for women but uh, ultimately i think the women in this film deserve more than that yeah it's strange right because you, you bring up an interesting point just about the balance of those three characters because i feel like charlene has more screen time than chris like charlene ends up elevating yeah almost you know in the in the in the sort of bra- in the breakdown of the movie especially Charlene being pressed to give up Chris and then obviously Neil having an encounter with her to say, you know, stay on track with him and all those things that we sort of, we see, it's, it's almost right. It's like, if you just pivot it, if you, if you shave a Justine, you shave some of Justine, you elevate that, what does that change that into? But I think it's always like, as we talk about it, it's, um, it's that, it's like that tantalizing, give this a show, give it eight hours, HBO, let, you yeah. know, you know, get, get, Get someone who's got an amazing, amazing eye, and you know, bring back Dante Spinotti. He's still around. He'll shoot it all in digital again, and Oscar Isaac and John Bernthal, and let's just do this thing again. Let's just take it, take, yeah, it, to, yeah, take, yeah. take it to the edge one more time. Well, and, and and I certainly trust Michael Mann to do it again. Of you course, know, I, I think he would be great at this if he just had you know twenty hours instead of you know three hours to 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 say, look, let's let's really dive into these characters. Let's really give these people time. Uh, you know, let's make this person more than just you know someone who cheats on her husband to get attention. You know, <laughs> let, let's give them a little depth beyond this. And you know, even Natalie Portman's character deserves more than she got. She's she's you know? that's a tough. It's a tough character. It's a t- look. It's a tough one, and I think. Um, in the in its aspiration and its um, in the way it's developed, but yeah, when you fr- if you frame it exclusively as you did earlier around you know a bad mother, bad mother's daughter attempts suicide, it's like if you if you if you're looking at it from that perspective, you can absolutely go, this is really tough, and it's an excru- you know for for folks if this is your first episode of One Heat Minute, you know welcome, um, but I encourage you to go back and I've tried to sort of talk uh, in depth 
around even her suicide as something that's like potentially problematic in the movie, you know, as some, you know, but it's a, it's a challenging one, right? It's a, it's, you know, again, the, the ambitious, the, the ambitious failure over, um, over something that's playing, playing it very safe anytime. Yeah. Well, t- totally. You know, and, and, you know, I, I love so much of that, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I love so much of this film. And, and, and again, I think we, we've talked about it a couple of times now, but just over the course of our one minute, I think, crystallizes everything that we we both love about the film and about michael mann i don't want to put words in your mouth blake but for me that's really what i love about him is you know even that moment where he's talking with uh, Edie on on the side of the mountain yes. and he's looking out over the water and he's saying hey have you ever seen the the the, the you, you know the the algae you know yeah. once a year uh this is what that looks like la at night and, and for me that's uh that's real poetry, you know. That that's real noir poetry. That's real urban poetry. That's something that's really beautiful and and, and rare enough in movies that that's valuable whenever it appears. Um, and, and so he's you know, so I, deeply, I, I he's so deeply, that. he's so deeply romantic in that way, as you said yeah. before. He's like so deeply romantic, and it's like, and it does play like a '30s noir in a couple of moments there. But that's like pure '30s noir. He's there, and he's like, and he's, she's like, "Have you ever been?" You know, she thinks like he's yeah. that worldly character, and he goes, "No, I'm going to go there someday. Do you want to come?" And right. that's almost and that, one of the that's best the... Lines in the movie. One of the best lines where she says, "Are do you get lonely when you travel?" Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. It's an amazingly touching, perceptive, insightful moment about and men and said, about women. And she says, I, "I'm I get lonely." Yeah, and he goes, "I'm oh, not alone, God. but I'm lonely." And she's like, uh, yeah. "You know that that shows that women are completely in touch with their emotions, and men are just so <laughs> not. Exactly. They're completely not because exactly. the man is like, "Oh no, I'm alone. But, you know, I don't get lonely. I'm not. I'm not lonely." Right. And she's the like, Kelly no, Clarkson song. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he. There, there's such great moments in it. And I think that's what you know because you, you watch Con Air and, and you don't feel like there are missed opportunities because this idiot, you know, he's not even trying anything. <laughs> you know? But but with Michael Mann films, when something like Heat doesn't work 100, percent when there are things that are sort of like whiffs, you 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 wish he got another shot yes. because you 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 know it's in him. Oh, you know, I mean the the, the sum the total in the sum total. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, gee, it's it's all there. It's all there. It's all there. It's all there. And 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 he really resolves sort of that 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 yen that he has for that deep romanticism in the '30s noir with Public Enemies, right? Yes. He, you know, he Time. really resolves this yen with the shadows and 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 so, sort of the you know the the jet setting sort of slickness with Miami Vice. He 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 deals with the. Uh, you know the the black guy and the white guy with, with you know in collateral. He, he he's really you know he's he's di- he di- dissecting it seems like heat for the rest of his career. He's saying the, the these are the moments I'd wish I'd pulled out, and here's the whole movie about it. And, here's and, the whole movie about this. And what's funny is one of his top ten movies. I like to sort of go over his top ten now and then to sort of when I'm thinking about some of the influences. And one of his favorites is John Ford's My Darling Clementine, which is uh-huh. a deeply romantic, wider movie you know like it's the 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 most romantic of the okay corral films you know very beautiful you know the cinematography is absolutely exquisite um but again that's that same that's that sort of same troubled world weary man and innocent woman there that 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 lovely relationship that he's sort of essaying in here as well you know i was talking with uh, the filmmaker michael tolkien are you familiar with no with him no he's the he's the guy who wrote and directed the rapture Oh, that, okay, that, great. Yeah, and, and he uh, wrote the screenplay for Deep Cover. Yes. Um, the the uh, great Lawrence Fishburne film. Yes, he, yes, he yes. Wrote, he's probably best known as a writer for uh, The Player, 
the uh, Altman player. Yes. Uh, film. But he uh, that that's his favorite movie as well. My my darling Clementine. Clementine. Um, and 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 I think he says he says like you know similar things about about it. It is so deeply romantic and so at the same time unapologetically masculine. Yes, and you know, and I think those are the the elements. The that, same um, could be said of the player. <laughs> the same exact phrase could it, be said absolutely. of the player. So if his aspiration is to sort of to reach the heights of his favorite film, that is absolutely what he has done in his career, which is uh, completely commendable. Yeah, no, no, it, and he's you know he's a remarkable novelist now. He, you know he 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 goes. I don't know how he got on Michael Tolkien. That that was my fault. But you know, there, <laughs> there's you know there is this thing about John Ford and you know and Walter Hill and and you know that 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 Michael Mann is certainly I think the logical next step for all of those things. You know yes. and, and and you know the yeah I I I, I think Heat is a little slick for me yeah I, I like the stuff that's um yeah i i like his other movies more i like heat a lot <laughs> i like his other movies more i think well that just shows what an amazing filmmaker is one last thing before i think we wrap up there's just a there's a moment in this great shadow play that we're watching between them that strikes me so much because of what's about to come up and it's this there's a couple of times that man I don't know, He's. I think a slick slick is a great way to put it. He's very slick with sort of foreshadowing and it's not. it doesn't beat you over the head, it's just sort of stylistically or formally sort of expressed. And I think that the, the lights in this, the, the lights of this runway, this is one of the first shots where really sort of the emphasis of the lights on the runway as a message, as a sign, as a, as a passageway almost, is, is happening in this minute where De Niro watches the lights illuminate takes a step around the corner and then we watch the lights go and there's like it's this i don't know i'm getting a bit of a fascination with some like just great uh great death scenes in movies and there's one there's a robert crumb one and i I think it might be in um it's an animated one and i can't remember the movie for the life of me but i remember the clip and it's a it's a crow pool playing crow might be fritz the cat like there's a pool playing crow who gets shot and as he's dying, the flashes of the snooker balls come up on the screen. So it starts with one mm. and you know it's going to end in 15. And mm. so, and, and completely conversely, the killing of a Chinese bookie, you know, the end of the movie, Ben Gazzara is dying the whole time. But he's sitting there and and he's just sort of blustering along with this, you know, nonsensical bravado. For like, and, and Cassavetti's the genius that he is. Just lets him sort of, I don't know, let him sort of stew in that from... And a dog's age, and it's it's a, and you don't even get to get the satisfaction of him passing away at the end. You just he's just there, right. and so yeah. I just love that that those two ones. One is like completely bearing the lead. One is like a denial of that. And in this scene, it's like this little foreshadowing, this little flurry is that one real leading indicator right now that you know. It again a reminder. We know this is the face off. We know one of them is going to going to go away, but. You know, the journey of these lights sort of flashing on and on is just a moment that gets me every time in this minute because I know that the shadow play is there and it's so beautiful, but it's this expression of, like, someone is going on a journey very shortly, people, and I'm just counting it down. Like, the sec- we've got the beat. You know, if, you, if you're listening closely, you, you know, the, the metronome's flowing and it's speeding up and here we are. We're about to, we're about to have something happen. Yeah, and and you know thematically too, it wraps up the whole theme throughout the film about light and dark, 
you know even you know so much of the dialogue involved with being uh, with light and dark and you know one of the color suffusions right before this minute i think where, where the that's not the right term the light suffusion where the lights come on for the first time and it's blinding it yes. literally like you know just wh- whites out the entire screen and you know and then, then the darkness that follows and i think that you know that the 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 pulsing of it the rhythm of it the you know all of those things are are are, are the things that man very few people are as good at that as him you know that that he you know he he's his rhythm his sense of timing his sense of you know these grand metaphors these grand symbols um that's r- r- romantic and sexy and that's you know the <laughs> the, the 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 epic tale that we tell ourselves as men, you know, that we are the, the heroes of our stories and, um, you know, we'll find our Camelots and our Guinevere's and, or we'll be betrayed by our Lancelots. And these are all of our stories, uh, no matter how, you know, how much of, whether we're data entry specialists or, or actual knights, <laughs> you know, we, we, we tell these stories to ourselves. And I think, um, Michael Mann at his best is, is good at expressing sort of the masculine epic in that way, where it's like, this is what we believe of ourselves. And I'm going to give you characters that, that sort of, embody those things and you know so i love the minute they chose for me i appreciate it it's uh you know such a quintessence of of the film um and not just of the film but the film the film at its best you know the the best elements of it i think are encapsulated in these last in these last several minutes well this has been one of the uh one of the one of the great experiences for me doing this show, talking to Walter, I'm a huge admirer. Walter, thank you so much for being a part of One Hit Minute. I think that this is uh, this has been such a great thing. And uh, when this movie is great, as you said, it's it's so soaring and we're hit, hitting one of those great moments. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. I just can't thank you enough. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really humbled that you 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 tracked me down and, and uh, it was uh, worth every minute of pain to get here. So thanks for that. <laughs> thank you so much. Guys, if you want to follow Walter, it's Mangiotto on uh, Twitter um, at M-A-N-G-I-O-T-T-O or filmfreakcentral.net. They've got a great Patreon. Pay these guys, the incredible Bill Chambers and Walter Chaw. Pay those guys some cash. Um, they deserve your eye. Uh, they deserve your cash as well as your eyeballs. So get on that. One of the internet trailblazers. So happy that you guys know who are listening. Dark Horizons. Garth Franklin has been a huge part of the show, and uh, you know, Film Freak Central right there along one of those original OG websites. So let's support them. Um, thank you so much for listening to One Heat Minute. Thank you, Mr. Garth Franklin, for our web design. Mr. Paul Davies for our music. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to think about the quintessence of masculine expression, or I'm going to think Ashley Judd being at its juddest for this minute but uh either way thank you for being a part of the show three minutes to go until the credits 